I'm Rebecca Garrett-Pace. I'm Mitchell Boone, and you're listening to The Day After Sunday. A brief but nerdy conversation about yesterday's worship at White Rock United Methodist Church. We talk about what caught our attention, stories we forgot to tell, and ways that we saw the Holy Spirit moving among us. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Mitchell. Just you and me. I know, right? Rebecca's Just the out two of us. Who's saying that? Yeah. Is that Will Smith? Will Smith did the second version, but I think there was an original version before oh, that. There was an original version of that song? I think so. I think Will Smith did a cover of it. Wow. I know, wow. Right? Blowing things up here. That was a great album. You know, that was one of the first CDs that I ever bought. Really? Big, Big Willie style. Mm-hmm. Actually, that, I bought two CDs. The first, My yep, very first purchase yep. of CDs was that <laughs> and Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg. Wow. How old were you? Uh, Probably like 15. I bought... um. About a three CD uh, set, my first purchase at the at the old CD store. Love Hootie it. and the Blowfish, uh, Cracked Rear View, Cake, Fashion Nugget. Wait, was that the album that had Go in the Distance or was that a different yeah, Cake album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Beck Odelay. Ooh, solid. Yeah. And then I uh, my uh, babysitter gave me Green Day Dookie. So hilarious because Dookie was going to be the first album I wanted to buy. And my I got two cassette tapes for my birthday of Dookie. And I wanted to take it back and get one CD. And my mom was like, no, you cannot do that. And I was so bummed because I really wanted that to be my first CD. It was a great album, man. Uh, Dookie's a great album. Mm-hmm. What mug we drinking out of today, Phil? I'm rocking a... Oh, nope. Is, is it there on that side? No, here we go. Pony up, everybody. Pony up. Rocking the ponies. Nice. Uh, that that's must the uh, an SMU mug for yeah for our podcast for those listeners. I'm drinking mm-hmm. out of uh, a United Way mug. <laughs> it brings out the best in all of us. This was my dad's uh, United Way mug when he was uh, on the board of the United Way of Cook County when he was wow. uh, serving as the pastor of um, no Grayson County. Grayson County when he was a pastor at Denison in Denison at Trinity United Methodist Church. And so in honors of Fa- in honor of Father's Day, I'm drinking out of my dad's a United Way mug. And uh, I guess the lesson we can learn about this is, uh, you know, if you uh, take care of your coffee mugs, they can last 30 years. <laughs> Shout out to the Reverend Keith, who will uh, be joining the staff soon. The Reverend Dr. Keith Payne Boone. Reverend Dr. He, uh, he is on full retirement mode right now. Yeah. Is he? Oh, yeah. So he's got a couple more weeks until we uh, put him to work. That's awesome. So, but Phil, uh, you uh, you were a online worshiper yesterday. I was. Yep. I uh, I missed being in person there, helping Dexter with all the production stuff. I had to. I had to. I was honored to go and officiate a funeral yesterday. Um, they yep. did a gravesite and a, um, a funeral service, and so. Missed out on being present there, but in between the graveside and the the actual service, I came home and got to have brunch with the fam for little Father's Day, and nice. we turned on turned on worship and awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, nothing like nothing like worship with pancakes, man. It's just pretty solid. <laughs> uh so um, any any like as an online worshiper, was there anything that caught your attention? Anything that stood out? I think we got to just flat out call out, right? That the last hymn was pretty hilarious. You, <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've only heard about it. So I was like, wait, what, what's happening right now? Yeah. So for everybody who was worshiping online, you saw Rebecca was like, oh, wait, wait, let's start that over. <laughs> like she, 
she did her intro piece to intro the last hymn, and then uh, I don't know if they just put up the wrong video or uh, didn't get that piece cut off there or whatever. But that it definitely, you know, it catches you on guard. If somebody screws up whenever it's live, you're like, oh yeah, it just it happens, and you just roll with it. But like clearly these were like pre-recorded, so then you're like, wait, what? Like it's just a really it was a funny thing. And <laughs> all right, I'm gonna have to go back and watch the tape. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Okay. So so Rebecca's not here to to be. Not that we would like rag on it. Yeah, I yeah, totally. I I think it's important to note, like when we're doing online worship, um, you know, we have a setup in the parlor. Um, I think we've like shown the setup before, but we probably need to bring back the like Dexter cam and, um, so we're we're live broadcasting and and most of the time, uh, we're we're in that space interacting and, um. But when we have recorded videos and when we play them, um, everyone, us, like the folks in the room, we don't have the ability to hear what's being played, right? Unless we're logged in and watching the feed, which is about 15 seconds of delay. Uh, so we try not to get into the live feed um, once worship starts because it, it throws off the rhythm of the, of the, uh, broadcast. It messes, it messes with your head too. Like, it really does. Cause you'll yeah. say something or someone will say something live and then, <laughs> then you have to yeah. wait and yeah, it's just, it's kind of a mess. But, mm-hmm. um, but yesterday because Rebecca and Farron were, were, uh, taking the Sunday off, um, and you weren't in the room, it was just Josh, Victoria, uh, Dexter and myself. And so we had a lot of pre-recorded video, which um, which just creates a different vibe in the room because like the amount of live uh, broadcasting was condensed down to to you know a smaller amount. So sure, yeah. How did it read though, going from live to pre-recorded to live to pre-recorded? Yeah, it's it's funny to watch like. Josh sitting where Rebecca usually does and then it cutting over to Rebecca sitting where Josh was right then like it's just like I think it is such a weird thing because I'm so in tune to it typically being live um and there and there's a there's a kind of a big debate in this online worship space currently right like do you go with the, a full pre-recorded do you go with full live do you do some sort of hybrid and and I do think you know it you feel um not a separation, but a, a, a switch, right? Like you can definitely tell there's a switch in, in pace there. Does it take away from the overall experience? I don't know. I don't know if it takes away from the experience. I still think that, I mean, the music was still good, right? I really enjoyed what we got. Right. Um, you know, maybe I do, here, I'll, I'll take that back. I do feel like there is something separate there. And I, I feel whenever everything is live, when we typically yeah. do it, I yeah. love that everything is in the moment, you know? Right. And, and we can't be physically together right now for worship, but I love that we all come together at a specific time, yeah. wherever our space is, at least we're sharing the same time together. And so I don't say this to, you know, discredit or like, be like, Oh, Rebecca could never have a Sunday off. Like, I still think that what we had yesterday was good. I just think I prefer, like my preference would always be that we get to be live because at least at that, in that moment, we're all sharing the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've re- really, kind of held the line um on on live broadcasting um mainly because we think it just it it adds a level of uh authenticity to the work now that's not to say that you can't get that out of uh pre-recorded stuff um sure. but just for us 
uh, and kind of the vibe that we're, we're hoping to, you know, create, we're being thoughtful about it, right? It, it's obviously a different time. And so we're trying to make it things a little more intimate. And, and I think the intimacy is just, it's hard to experience when, um, when you have a lot of, you know, post-production edits and, and, and quick cuts and, and transitions, um, throughout an entire recorded worship service. There are some churches that are doing some great, great work going the pre-recorded route. I just don't know if it's works for our church and it does. I think you're sharing in something, right? Like we're not able to share in a lot. I like that point, Phil, like we're, but we are able to share in time. And when we're able to share, um, the same time, it, it, it does get us, you know, a little bit closer to worshiping, um, feeling like we're worshiping together. And hopefully that comes across uh, that in the live comments. Right. And one of the right, things absolutely. that we, you know, um, are able to do is in real time, uh, respond to one another. And I think that that is, um, amplified when we're going live with a live broadcast. Yeah, I agree. So I'm a, I'm a big, like, nerd when it comes to all this stuff right and so i'm in a lot of these conversations with people all over the country who are having this debate trying to figure out like what's what's better what's better for right. your church and i think that's the the biggest question right is it's not that there's one right and one wrong but really the question is what's better for your specific church right. and the thing i love about white rock so much is that there, there's not this sense of everything has to be perfect all the time right like that's yeah. why at, for the moment when rebecca like that whole thing happened i was like huh Oh, but like if this happened live again, it wouldn't be a thing, you know, it'd be like, oh, she just stumbled on her words or like said, and like, you just go with it. But there's totally. so many churches where like perfection is kind of like what the expectation is. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so there's this question then of like, are you going to stick to perfection? Or are you going to stick to authenticity? And they're not always mutually exclusive, right? Like that, right. that doesn't have to be in two separate camps. All the no, time. that doesn't mean we don't take it seriously, right? Totally. And it doesn't mean we just kind of walk in with a laissez-faire attitude, but it does mean that we are not uh, bound to perfection as a, um, as a product that has to be, you know, distributed right. via, uh, you know, whatever platform we're, we're doing worship. I, I would say, you know, for me, this really came, um, the first place I really understood the difference between uh, or the tension between authenticity and perfection was when I was at house for all sinners and saints. Mm. Um, and when it was a still a pretty small community, probably worshiping about 40 or 50 uh, every Sunday uh, evening, um, you would walk into the space and you would grab a bulletin and uh, you did not know um, whether or not you had a role until you picked up your bulletin and you just kind of grabbed one. Right. And so it created this like awesome atmosphere of like, you know, people not knowing how to pronounce that strange word in Ezekiel or what, whatever. Right. Uh, but it, during like the beginning portion of, of worship, Reverend Nadia Boltz Weber would always say, um, you know, we are uh, pro participation, anti-excellence. 
And so it was a good reminder that like worship and we've talked about this on the podcast, liturgy being the work of the people that like we because we have have not obtained sanctification, we are not perfect people. uh, We uh, we do not have excellence as a standard for worship, but we do have participation as the standard. And I think like the more live stuff we can do, the more we can get to like participation. Now, the awesome thing about technology is that we're allowed we we have a way to allow people to participate and we're working on some things right now to allow people to participate live which i think will be even enhance what we do on sunday morning but we are preparing to try to continue to invite people to participate we're just not expecting it to be perfect and when we lower the expectation of perfection and raise the expectation of participation we get a church that i think resembles um a better um understanding of what uh of what we're called to to be about as a community so um so you, you talk about like the interest as this is a nerdy conversation right and this is this is nerdy because there are a ton of churches out there who are doing fully pre-recorded because they want to and like like fantastic phenomenal churches right like um like Jim Keat is a, a friend that I've been doing a lot of stuff with online who at Riverside Church up in New York City like they decided to go fully pre-recorded yeah, totally. because the first Sunday they did Zoom worship, Zoom crashed, and so they're like, "We're not doing this again, right?" Like, we can't we, we can't we, risk not yeah. being able to go, go live, yeah, or, so, or have worship. And yeah. so Dexter and I have been in debates, and Dexter kind of represents the the production side, right? Like he wants that perfect production, whereas I'm kind of on the opposite of the spectrum. I'm like, no, I want full participation. Like I want to do whatever we can to make sure. And so the beautiful part of that is we kind of like like we had an hour long, hour and a half long conversation the other day driving out to Fossil Rim, which is really fun, by the way, about like, just like, how do we meet in the middle between like these two different realms and camps and create the best opportunity for full participation? You know, like that's, that's kind of where we're trying to find this happy medium. And, and, and it's a struggle, right? Like it's a huge struggle to know, like, where do you really land the, the plane on this and, and be able to have the best products right. available, but also like really get people involved. So Yeah. The struggle continues, my friend. And you know, um, we're having to we're having a ton of conversations about contingency plans. But I mean, like, this is a struggle that uh, that's going to to probably be with us for a while. In fact, it may never leave us as we adapt church's ministry um, into online spaces. And and so the question will will remain, I think, post you know, whenever the church opens or reopens and gathers again um, in person, I think we're going to continue to ask these questions. Uh, the good thing is it's natural for us to be pro-participation, anti-excellence, because that's what we expect uh, of ourselves on Sunday mornings and in person. And Rebecca does a good job of crafting uh, the worship service to allow for multiple voices. And we're never expecting anyone to be uh, perfect when they, um, when they participate and the, the, the expect the hope is that that, that same expectation is of the congregation with, with the staff and clergy is that we don't expect perfection, but we do expect participation and authenticity. And, and one of the ways we uh, get there is by modeling as well. So, you know, the fact that Rebecca had a, a hiccup uh, um, and it wasn't edited out, um, you know, I think, uh, I think really, no, I it's, love it. It's it fine. Just shows that, yeah. again, we are all human. And it's great. I think, you know, we you had the Father's Day video also. And one of the things that somebody said in there, and I forget who it was, was that my dad always taught me to to do my best, you know. And I 
it's not about perfection. It's about showing up with the best of who you are. And yeah, I think that we, exactly. we know that's what Rebecca brings every Sunday, you know, right. it's the very best of who she is. Yeah. And that's what everybody brings to this space. And that's what I love about it. Cause you do get this full authentic self of right. the best of who they are and the best of what they can bring to the, to the worship space for the community and for the experience, which is, yep. I love it. And I, love it. I mean, it's just a good reminder that God will never give you more than you can handle. No, so. there's that perfect segue. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think? So my I'm, favorite phrase. Well, I'm, I'm curious. Like you, you know, you've got these four phrases that you're working with through this series. Like, where does this one fall as tar- as far as like, were the first oh, two? Oh, this the one's ones up that, like, there. You, this really? one's up there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is it because of those experiences you opened with? Uh, no. I just think it's a ridiculous way to kind of um, contribute to a conversation. Uh, yeah. it it just. I mean, if there is one that I would, you know, obviously I haven't experienced the pain that uh, love the sinner, hate the sin creates. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's probably the most um, damaging. Uh, but I think this one is just, it just grates on my, uh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Uh, it's like, oh, just horrible. It's like yeah. listening to someone eat when they say that I can't stand listening to people eat. <laughs> and, uh, and so the, like when someone's chewing with their mouth, oh, just no, just anything, you know, it just, you know, when you're in a meeting or you're at home, I, I can't, I can't handle listening to Eli, like chomp on some, uh, pistachios or, or whatever. <laughs> like I, it just really bugs me. I, I think there's like a, a term for the condition I have, but, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of terms for a lot of the conditions I have, but I just can't handle people eating. Uh, li- being able to hear someone eat crunchy things is just, that's the worst. But, um, but I think this phrase is like that. It just, it just bothers me when people say it because I think it's, it's, it's so shallow and so uh, unhelpful. And uh, as Jenny uh, Hughes pointed out uh, uh, in our, in the comments section, it not only creates space between our desire to know what God is really doing in the world and God's desire to be known, I think, but it also creates space, a lot of space between the person who's experiencing something and this person and what someone says. I mean, I can't imagine someone in the midst of suffering and pain hearing that and be like, yeah, that's really insightful. Thanks for, Thanks for helping me cope with this horrible thing that's happening in my life. Just as a reminder that God, God won't give me anything more than I can handle. I think it's just, it's, 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 uh, it's a platitude that should be definitely retired. Well, and I like that you're taking the opportunity to replace these phrases with something more productive, right? Like God will never give up on us. Right. God will never stop, you know, desiring the best for us. And, and like, giving us opportunities to flourish regardless of the situation. I think there's a far better way to think about God's agency in the midst of our suffering and pain. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan on that. And um, yeah, I think, I don't know. This is a a phrase that it's, it's weird for me to think back because I don't know if I've ever actually used the phrase, but I know like in the spaces that I grew up in these, these phrases were just used so much. Has someone used it to you? Oh, I mean, again, I can't think of a specific time, but, but just knowing where I come from, like all these phrases are, they make me giggle so much because this is what I I grew up on. Like I say grew up, I didn't really get involved in the church until high school, 
And so, yeah. Tell but, me about that real quick. I'm just curious. Like, what was it like, like going from like, yeah, just what was your faith journey like into, into high school? Oh dude. Well, okay. So like late, like I guess early or middle, middle school, something like that, middle junior high, I started to go to church a little bit. Like I got involved in a Bible study and this is, this is what I'm talking about as far as these cliche things. Yeah. So I go to this Bible study and it's like FCA kind of related or yeah, whatever. Right. Totally. Um, and they locked us in a closet. Like they put us in a closet and put towels under the door. So you couldn't literally see a single thing. Like couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. And, and they said, this is the first Bible study I've ever been to. And they say, this is what hell will be like, except you will be burning and tormented for all of eternity. Like, this is what I started on. And so these are the kind of cliches and like ideas that were like from the very beginning, the next week I did not go back because there was a roller skating party that I really wanted to go to. So I went to that yeah. instead. And okay. then there was a tornado that like came nearby and we all had to like duck and cover and the whole thing while we were there. And then my sister who like was going to all this stuff too, says when I get back from the, the roller skate party, she says, well, that's what happens when you don't go to Bible study. Right. Not because like, that's what my sister believes now, but like, that's what she was also growing up with was this mentality yeah. of like total cause and effect. And like, this is punishment right. for you. Like, so these cliche and like, and again, not that that's a direct correlation to these cliches, but like, but somewhat, you know, like these ideas are, are whittled down to these like ridiculous ideas about who God is and how God operates. And, um, and so that's just what I grew up with. And so when I hear these, I'm like, mm-hmm. Yep. This is so much of why I ended up having to deconstruct my faith because at some point you realize that like God doesn't give you more than you can handle until you have more than you can handle. Exactly. Right. I mean, that, that day is probably coming for all of us. Um, yeah. Like it has come for me, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and so that those sayings, it's the, the house built on straw, right? Those, those sayings hold up until they don't all of a sudden. And then it all comes tumbling down. And that, that's all you built your faith on is these like cliche sayings. When all of a sudden they crumble, well, then like what, what's left of your faith? Like a the, disaster. The, yeah. uh, the throw pillow that it's, uh, that it's cross-stitched on, right? The right. saying or, or, or on the coffee mug. But like there's, there's nothing of substance um, because these sayings can't adequately like hold up to real uh experience trauma i don't think i think no. they are they're right. lobbed at situations but never birthed out of a situation and i think that it just oh, that's good, that's it, good. It, it's a good at, say that again say it again they're lobbed at situations they're lobbed at situations of trauma but never birthed out of situations of trauma and i think that what what's really um what's really important for us is to say like, okay, one, we have to watch what we say. Mm -hmm. And two, when we uh, have the capacity to deconstruct, dismantle and rethink and rebuild, we do that work now so that when we enter into the, the shadows or the dark spaces, right. Or the, you know, the, the, the difficult uh, moments in our lives that we have the capacity not to, um, not to, to become so overwhelmed that we lose our faith in the midst of it all. Yeah. Our and, faith in, in, in the dismantling other people's faith because of the things we say as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trust me, I, I think like, I think, you know, this, like the worst thing we can do is, is, begin dismantling other people's faith recklessly without intent and without the space 
or the knowledge on how to 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 reconstruct and i think that is a, everyone's into deconstruction right now the problem is we we often don't provide good spaces for reconstruction and right. so we are left with a dismantled faith that 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 doesn't often um uh, give us the space hello rebecca <laughs> Oh, Rebecca hello. jumped onto the podcast. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! How's it going? We had a ten o'clock meeting. I guess y'all are still recording. Yeah, we're on the. Are we on the podcast link? Uh, well, right now we are. <laughs> this is exactly what we've been talking about, right? Like Imperfection. Don't work out perfect. Yeah, Rebecca's on. Hey, it's good <laughs> to right. see you. Well. Um, I'm gonna We're go. almost off. I I was just talking about deconstruction. So, yeah. uh, you have anything to offer there? I don't. No pressure. I don't. No. <laughs> this is awesome. That's a good note for us to probably end on, huh? Well, I guess so, Phil. I was. Uh, this is quite the podcast today. I think that with that said, there's a lot to do with deconstruction and what you were talking about, this idea of needing to reconstruct, right? And and I totally support what you said, that I, the idea that like so many people are for deconstruction, but don't provide the space or the mentality or the um, the wherewithal to provide reconstruction as well. And I think that's deconstruction is needed and important and reconstruction is as well. And it's not a one and done or like you deconstruct once and reconstruct one. I think it's a continual process that we experience throughout the course of our faith for yeah. our whole lives. Yep. All right, then. Nice segue. And there we go. 10 o'clock meeting. So so this meeting actually is about so to get back to what we're, yeah. you know, the insider, um, the kind of conversations we're having behind the scenes. Um, this meeting is actually about what does it look like to move our broadcast, essentially studio from the parlor back into the sanctuary? And why would we do that? And how do we do that? And how do we uh, do that with a level of thoughtfulness? And, and so, uh, yeah, we're gonna go. Um, we're gonna go have this meeting now. And uh, we appreciate everyone <laughs> jumping on the podcast. And next week, uh, we will uh, be discussing worship again and the phrase uh, "God helps those who help themselves." Amen. So, I oh. think that's Phil's favorite one. <laughs> That's right. All right. We'll see y'all next week. See ya. You're listening to a podcast recorded at White Rock United Methodist Church in the heart of East Dallas. For more information, you can find us at wrumc.org. And make sure you stay subscribed to this channel to stay up to date with all of our content. <laughs>